you for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church. To find out more about the Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. Good, good morning. Good morning. That is a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure coming from my senior pastor saying that you should be excited to listen to me. Uh, that's, that's a lot of pressure. How are you this morning? Are you good? Yeah. Um, this, uh, my name is Jeremy Parham. I am the music director here, and um, me and my wife are also the intern directors at the Movement Church. Interns, what, what? You're all fired, every one of you. <laughs> we uh, we love the church. We love this church, and um, I would be I would be amiss to not start off this service. Um, that was great. It was a great video. But listen, we we stand on the shoulders of of leaders, right? Um, and we are here because Pastor Carrie and Megan are such incredible pastors. So, can we just honor them? Can you guys honor them? We have a podcast going on, so they want to hear you. Good. They're, they're amazing, and um, they, God, I, I just love them so much, and I wish they were here. It's always easier to, to preach whenever they're actually here. It's just Megan, uh, Pastor Megan's smile, right? Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Listen, here's what I know. Here's what I know. I'm going to preach faster. I'm going to sweat less. You're going to laugh more, and I'm going to get done sooner if you just, like, respond to the things that I'm saying. Is that all right? So I, 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 I come from Dallas, Texas. I have a little bit of draw in my voice. I'm a, I'm a country boy. And, um, and, and so I'm used to, I'm used to uh, churches, and we are one of those churches that respond to what God's Word is saying, right? We believe in God's Word. We believe it is what it says it is. And we believe that God's Word is not just something we read, but it's something that reads us. Does that make sense? The, the Bible says that whenever we look into the, the Scripture and we look into the Word, that it actually shows us who we are and it reveals who we are. So whenever something's good and whenever, whenever something's said that is uh, just life-changing and, and uh, just brain bombs, you know, like that kind of thing, uh, just you can, you can say that's good. You can say, uh, preach white boy. I'm all right with that. Thank you. Thank you. See, it's already good. People are lightening up. If you don't want to say that, that's okay. But it's okay to laugh in church as well, right? It's okay to laugh in church, I promise. I may not be the most profound communicator that you've ever heard in your entire life, but uh, I'm not a boring preacher, so you're, you're going to have a good time this morning if you allow yourself. And if you're, if you're not, then you're boring, and that's okay. <laughs> Moving forward. <laughs> um, yeah, we're... We, uh, for those who don't know me, again, I'm Jeremy. I'm, I'm Pastor Jeremy, and um, my beautiful wife is in the back. She loves hugs. I feel like I, I, f- I feel like I need to introduce my family because there's a lot of new faces. We, um, we, I, I want you guys to know who I am. That way, uh, it's not awkward, and it's gonna probably be awkward a little bit. It's okay. You get used to it. Um, but I have two kids. Um, I don't know if he's in here or not, but um, Trey and Abby, and my son will uh, school you at basketball, and he's still your girlfriend. <laughs> That's what he does. <laughs> and then my daughter, uh, my daughter is, she holds my heart. She's the most incredible little girl that has ever been uh, until she doesn't eat. And then she gets hangry and she turns into a little demon. That's okay. We pray for her and she's fine. It's, 
it all settles down. <laughs> so uh, now that we know each other, I, w- I would love to. I would love to uh, just read a couple of scriptures, if that's okay, and then we're going to dive into dive into what God's word says. Is is that all right? Yeah, good, good. Matthew seven. If you have your Bible, if not, that's okay. We're going to put it back on the screen for you guys. Um, we're we're going to read Matthew chapter seven, and we're going to go through uh, twenty four verses, verse twenty four through verse twenty seven, and um, and we're going to talk about foundations this morning. Um, you know, it's. It's one thing to to build to want to build something great. All of us want to build something great. All of us have callings and we have passions and we have we have purpose and we have those things. But it's it's another thing to to build try to build that that purpose and that vision on a, a foundation that is can't sustain the the, the vision. Does that make sense? Um, and so I want to talk about foundations this morning. I want to talk about um, and it's really it's very basic. However, if you don't have a strong foundation, you won't be able to, to do and actively function at the calling that God has for you. Um, and, that, and that's just a simple truth. So we're going to talk about that this morning. Let's, let's look at Matthew, Matthew 7, verse 24 through 27. It says, therefore, if anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise, uh, is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. This is Jesus talking, by the way. Um, so this is pretty important. 25, the rains came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had, it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Can we pray real quick? Will you pray with me? Father, we love you and we thank you. We thank you for your word and we thank you that it's powerful. We thank you, God, that it speaks to us. Um, and that it's true, and it's real, and, f- and that it's, it's, the, it's the thing that changes us on the inside. So, Father, I just pray that you would reveal Jesus to us this morning. Reveal who you are, and, Father, I pray that we would never be, this, be the same because of it. Lord, we love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen. Yeah. Do you remember when you were a kid? Do you? No one remembers. We can pray for you later. Everyone's just kind of staring at me. I remember when I was a kid, I, I remember how great and how free I felt. Do you remember? Uh, you know, as an adult, you get older and you start getting jobs and like summer break. What is summer break? Summer break doesn't exist anymore. My kids are running around talking about, oh, it's almost summer. And I'm like, oh, shut up. You know, it's, you, 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 wait till you work. Wait till you have a job. All this stuff goes away. Yeah, it's just you don't get that vacation anymore. And and I remember I remember as a kid just feeling absolutely free. Right? Absolutely free. Like we'd go outside, we'd go outside, and the only rule that my grandmother had, I was raised by my grandma and my grandpa, and the only rule they had was be home before the lights, the street lights came on. And if I didn't like it's funny we'd be on our bikes and we you know we're paddling we're doing we're doing that business we're we're just by we're doing what kids do and then it's it's dark and you're having fun and then all of a sudden you hear it because that's the street lights that came on right and when you heard that noise it was it was almost as if it was almost as if you knew you were going to die legitimately you knew that bad my, for me bad things were going to happen and so you just start you you really you really you really start pedaling you get home you try to get home as quick as you can and as an adult you know it, it, everything just changes my grandma would be standing on the front porch 
And I remember one time I did not beat the streetlights home. Uh, it was terrifying for me. I pulled up, and I'm doing like that cry. that Because <laughs> I know that I'm about to get beat. Like, I'm from Texas. It's what it is. And I, I got whippings when I was a kid. My, my grandparents were old school. It's, I, can, I feel like I can talk about it because that's what happened to me. And uh, I, remember just, I remember going and seeing my grandmother just standing there. And she had a switch in her hand. And she's just sitting there going... And I'm, I'm, I'm pedaling up because I know I'm dead. And I, I'm, I'm pedaling up. I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah, ah, ah, I'm sorry, uh, sorry. You know that cry where you can't stop and you can't catch your breath? Terrified. I'm like, when did this change? And she used to look at me. She used to go, just wait till you get older. When you have kids, you're going to know what I'm talking about. Like, whatever, Grandma. You know, like, just <laughs> have that attitude. And as I've gotten older and as my son who's now almost a teenager has gotten older it's true i want to punch him in the face all the time all the time i don't 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 judge me right now i don't i just want to so i I daydream about it come on parents you know what i'm talking about you just gotta sit there and go you know you make the face and then you move on and uh And I, I'm a youth pastor by nature, so you probably recognize that by now. I'm, I'm animated, and I like to tell stories and whatever. And um, and I, as a youth pastor, I remember as I got older, I wanted to stay young, right? I, wa- I did not want to. I did not want to grow up at all. And so, skating, skateboarding was a big deal uh, in Dallas. And so I'm a youth pastor. I'm 20, I think I was 28 years old when this happened. My son's into skateboarding. All my students are into, uh, into skateboarding. And so I'm sitting here going, I have to be relevant. I have to skateboard. I have to do the, yeah, wow. <laughs> well, I have to do this because I need to relate to these young people. And, and I remember one time going out, there was a young man that lived with us at the time. His name was Dylan, and he was like, let's go skate, Pastor Jeremy. Let's go skate. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Let's take my kid. We'll go skate. We'll find a spot. We'll go skate. I'm going to skate with you. And he was like, are you really? And I was like, yeah. how hard can it be? It's plywood with four wheels that I have no control over. How hard can this be? Super stable. This is a good life choice, right? Like, so we go out. We find this spot. He's doing all these tricks. And I'm like, you know what? This is the time. I'm going to do this. I get on the skateboard. I'm standing there. And, and you know, there's moments in life whenever you do something and then all of a sudden, whenever you get going and doing it, it's like you have this epiphany. Like t- time stops and you're like, hmm, this was probably not the best idea that I've ever had. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm trying to do an ollie. I don't know if you guys know what an ollie is, but it's basically where you just kick the board up and it's nothing fancy. However, I don't know how to skate. And so I have had a quick lesson in skating, and I try to do this ollie. I get going down this hill. I pop the ollie, or I thought I popped the ollie, and I'm coming down, and my foot lands on the back of the skateboard and shoots the skateboard out from underneath me. Now, I hit the ground. I'm like, you know, sucks the air clean out of me. My son is pointing at me and laughing. I promise, true story, go ask him after service, pointing at me, laughing, (laughs) and the other kid who was in front of me, as I'm landing, my son is pointing and laughing, the skateboard is flying through the air, I see this other kid in front of me, and he's like this, 
And the skateboard is now flying up and has just nailed him right in the chest. This kid falls over. He's wheezing. We're both on the ground laughing. My son's like, <laughs> and and we are sitting just writhing in pain. We're on the ground. We've fallen over. We 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 are we are just. It's an awful situation. I remember it vividly. It's an awful situation. And the reason that that might have been good, I I kind of functioned at what I was trying to do, but I wasn't great at what I did. And the reason I wasn't great at what I did was because the foundation that I was on was something that wasn't stable. I had a little bit of success. I mean, I, I, can, I can get on a skateboard and kind of go with it. But I wasn't great because I didn't know how to, how to operate on the foundation that I was on. You hear me? See, this is what happens in our lives. It's so relatable in our lives. See, the truth is is that it is absolutely impossible to build great buildings or great structures to have great vision or to have great purpose on a weak foundation. You can't do it. Take, take for example, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. The Leaning Tower of Pisa, science, uh, not Pisa, Pisa, uh, scientists travel to the town of Pisa every year to measure the building's slow descent And they report that the 179-foot tower, listen to this, which was built in 1713, moves about 1 20th of an inch every year and is now leaning 17 feet out of the ground. And the interesting part about this is the word Pisa actually means marshland, which gives us a clue as to why the tower began to lean even before it was completed. And another issue is that the foundation is only 10 feet deep. So in other words, the reason this amazing structure is leaning is because it was built on a faulty foundation. Come on, it was built on a faulty foundation. The same can be said of our lives and our families if we don't build our lives on a firm foundation. So the question that I want to ask you this morning, I want you to lean in and I want you, I want you to hear me. I want you to really contemplate what it is that I'm saying to you. The question that I want to ask you is, so, so what is your foundation Evaluate on the inside. What is your foundation? What is it built on? How do you define it? And what do you consider your identity to be? How do you build a firm foundation? Would someone like to know how to build a firm foundation? Yeah, is it okay? Yeah? I know I do. Listen, the truth is, is that most of my life, I feel like I'm unstable. Can anyone relate? Balance is tough. It's a tough thing to navigate. It's a tough thing to work through. But the truth is, is that I have, I have a calling in my life. I have a purpose in my life. And I want the building that I build, and I want the vision that I have, and I want the purpose that I have. I want it to be big. I want it to be successful. But the only way to have that and to, 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 to build that building high is to have a, fo- a firm foundation that's built on the things that it need to be built on. Does that make sense? And one of the ways that you can do that, if you're taking notes, I would encourage you to take notes. One of, the, one, of the, one of the ways that you can do this is that you begin with the end in mind. When you're building your, your purpose and your vision, and listen, it's okay. Let me, let me, let me lead in and say this. If you don't know what your, your vision and your calling and your purpose is, that's okay. But it's not okay to not do something. Like If you don't know what it is that you're supposed to be doing or your calling or your purpose, I want to encourage you to just start taking a step. Start doing something. Right? Well, I don't, Pastor Jeremy, you don't, I, don't, I don't know what my calling is. Well, what are you passionate about? I'm not talking about like, if, you're, if you're a guy in here, you're like, oh, I'm passionate about girls. Okay, calm down. 
We're, don't do that. <laughs> All right. Uh, what I'm saying is that if you're passionate about, or but this is a better, this is something better. What frustrates you? What frustrates you? I don't know what I'm passionate about. Well, what frustrates you? I, I cannot stand the way that the, the cables and the cords are ran, ran across the, well, maybe, okay, well, maybe your calling is to come help us set up a crew. trying to help you. That's all I'm trying to do. I don't like how the sound sounds. Well, maybe you should join the tech team. Quit being lazy. Everyone's like, I wish Pastor Carrie was here. (laughs) My kid has always hopped up on sugar. Well, go help with the kids team. Amen. Anyone? (laughs) You got to begin with the end in mind. And uh, the you know, the GPS, um, the GPS, you, you can't get to the destination that you're going to without knowing where you are, right? We always start, when we, when we type in some place to go on our GPS, we always put the destination first, right? We always, we always put the destination first because you have to know what it is you're building towards before you can actually start where you're at. Does that make sense? We live our lives, the, the truth is at the end of your life, who do you want to be known as and known for? This is an important evaluation to consider because you have to have a solid idea of where you're going because it will help you have a better understanding of where you are now. And that way, the next steps you take will be going in the right direction. You have to have, the, look what Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says. I think they're going to put it up on the, the screen for you guys. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, where there is no vision, the people perish. See, we live our lives differently whenever we have a clear vision of what is really important to us. Can you agree with me? What is really important is because we keep that picture in mind. We manage ourselves each day to be and do what matters the most. See, it, it, it will purpose us to live life intentionally. So what can stop us from living life intentionally? Well, I think it's important that we look at what Jesus, the, the comparison Jesus makes in, in the verses we just read at the beginning of this, uh, the beginning of, of the talk. Look what it, it, it says in, um, it says that both men heard the words of Christ, right? So to, just to recap what, uh, what Matthew was saying, there's two men. One guy built his house on a solid foundation that stood, with, withstood the storm. And the second guy built a, a house on... A foundation that was not strong. It wasn't settled. It wasn't where it needed to be, right? So we have to look at the comparisons because there's something very, very powerful in both of these things. The first one is that both men, listen, both men heard what Jesus said. Both men heard what Jesus said. They both went and they heard the words which caused them to have direction moving forward, right? But see, I want you to know that there's a difference between hearing and listening, There's a massive difference between hearing and listening. See, listening produces a response. It evokes you to move forward. It creates an action. But hearing creates the image or the illusion of action. Just ask any parent in here who has kids. (laughs) Go clean your room. You didn't even answer me. You just shook your head. What does that mean? Did you hear me? Uh Uh-huh. Did you hear me? Uh-huh. Why aren't you doing it then? I don't know. Like, really? What in the world? My, my wife, my wife can tell me. I'd do the same thing. She's like, pick up your dirty clothes. All right, I'll do that in a second. Mm. 
It always goes well. <laughs> always. <laughs> Listen, there's a difference between hearing and listening. Listening makes you move forward. It creates, it creates a response. It makes you want to move into the things that God has for you. Why? Because you can trust what God is saying. Right? That's part of the foundation that we have to build on is this trust. Not, listen, not, not, not just managing what God says about your life. Can I say that? I think, I think that, we're, I think that we, we, get a little, we get a little crazy and it's like God, we feel like God's telling us to do something. And what I mean by that is if you feel like you're supposed to serve on the greeting team or something, maybe that's God saying, you know, hey, get involved in the church, get plugged in, get some. But what we do is we're just like, well, you know what, instead I'll just kind of say hi to people. I, mean, I won't greet, I'll just kind of say hi to people. Sort of what God is saying, right? No, because <laughs> partial obedience is still disobedience, right? So listening invokes you to move forward and do what it is that God has called you to do and to do it passionately. But hearing, it only produces the illusion of it. It only produces, produces the illusion of, the, of, of, uh, of you actually doing what it is that God told you to do. And this also suggests that both men were Christ followers, which lets me, lets me know something very, very powerful. It's not just enough to say you know Jesus. Yeah? I know a lot of people who just say, hey, I'm a, yeah, I'm a Christian. But their life dis- displays something much different. It's not just enough. They're both, they both heard Jesus. They both knew Jesus. Look at this. And both of the men built houses. Look what Proverbs 14, 12 says. Both of the men built houses. So they both heard the words of Christ, and they both built houses. And this is the stuff that can, this is the, this is the stuff that can help, uh, or can stop us from, from living intentionally. The first thing is not listening. Look at this. And, and the second is danger of comparison, if you're taking notes. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seems right to man, but in the end it is a way of destruction. Both men built houses. They may have looked exactly the same. But let me tell you something. The moment that you begin to duplicate someone else's purpose is the moment that you're not going to live in the one that God's called you to. You were not created to be a carbon copy of someone else's success. You are created to do exactly what it is that God has called you to do, specifically determined for your life, and to walk in that. And that's, that belongs to you. That is what God called you to do. And you are not too old to achieve that purpose. You are not too far gone to achieve that purpose. You haven't messed up so much that God can't use you anymore. You haven't made so many mistakes that there's no way that God can use my story. Matter of fact, God will take the mess that you're in and create it to be a message. Yeah? Listen, God will take that. God will, he specializes in taking the broken, fragmented pieces of our lives and creating a testimony to impact and change others. That's what God does. That's what God wants to do. What happens is we start comparing our lives to other people, a.k.a. social media. Nobody wakes up first thing in the morning and is like, click, click, selfie. (laughs) Why? Because you're ratchet in the morning like that. Can't say ratchet in church. I just did. I'm sorry. Pastor Kerry will be back next week. If you're visiting, I'm so sorry. 
Please come back next week. He'll make up for it, I promise. He's amazing. You, you don't post bad pictures on Instagram. Why? Because you want that double tap, right? <laughs> you want someone to like your picture. Because you, you have to, come on, families, I'm guilty of this. You start looking at other families and they're having vacation at Disney World or Hawaii and you're like, must be nice, you know. Start comparing. Comparison will pull you out of the calling that God has for your life. Because you take your eyes off of Jesus and off of what he's called you to do and you set what man is doing as the standard in your life. And you can't build a firm foundation on that standard. Does that make sense? Look at this. And, and then the, the third thing. Both built in the same location. Both built in the same location. Look at what Galatians 6, 9 says. Let us not grow weary or discouraged in doing good. For the proper time will, for at the proper time we will reap if we do not give in. Listen, you cannot give up in the middle of your process. You can't. It took time to build the houses. You know that, right? It took time. Houses aren't built. Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, that sort of thing. It takes time, but most of us want to get from point A to point B right now. Right now. But it's in the middle of the process. Listen, the middle of the process is where God wants to show you the greatest things. It's where he wants you to learn the most. Listen, God is far less concerned with your destination than he is the learning in the middle of the process. Because you cannot hope to maintain your purpose over here if you haven't learned everything you need to learn right here. Look, God sees the whole parade. He sees from the, he sees from the beginning to the end. Right? He sees everything that's going on. So listen to me when I say to you, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know if you're walking through a, a tough time in your marriage or, or maybe you just don't know what college you're going to pick or, or maybe finances or, or your kids, you, they're, just, they're, they're just crazy all the time. I don't know what to do right now. Or maybe you've had a diagnosis from the doctor that isn't what, isn't what you want. Or maybe you're just confused and you, you want to know what God's calling is for your life, but, you, but I don't know what it is. If that's you, I want you to be encouraged because God says that he knows where you are right now. The Bible says he'll never leave you or forsake you, ever. He'll never leave you or forsake you. They, there's a reason it says never right there. It's not maybe or if you do enough good works or if you make all the right choices. No, he'll never leave you. He will never forsake you, ever. And something else. Both men experienced the same storm. Yet one house stood against the storm and the other crumbled. What was the difference? The only difference, Scripture says, is the foundation. Both men had impressive houses. Both men heard the word of God. Both men believed in him. But only one man's house stood. And what was the difference? It was the foundation. This is why, listen, this is why you have to, you have to have a firm foundation. You have to, this has to be a part of your life. Uh, and can I say this? We shouldn't, we shouldn't hate the storm. We should appreciate the storm. And I'm going to explain. 
See, the storm we're experiencing could actually tell us a great deal about our foundation. If you ever wonder where you are in your, in your walk with, in your relationship with God, you can tell by how you react in the middle of a storm. See, we spend, we spend our time praying that the storm would go away. Instead, we should be asking God what he wants us to learn in the storm. Yeah. We want the storm to go. Now, now listen, listen to me, listen to me. Disclaimer. I'm not saying that you should be excited about storms. Like, yay, bankruptcy. <laughs> you should not be, like, that's not exciting. That's not exciting. What you should be excited and encouraged about is that you have a God that can overcome that. Come on, the story about, about Peter walking on water. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I'm not going to dive too, too, too much into it. But that was one of the greatest storms in, in Scripture. Peter was a fisherman. And he walked out on the water, and he failed. But I love it, and, and that's great. But you know what I love the most? Is that he looked out at Jesus, and he actually goes, Lord, if that's you. Well, shouldn't Peter know if that was Jesus? He was walking with him, right? He was a disciple. Shouldn't Peter know? The truth is, is that because the storm was there, he was seeing Jesus in a new way. And that's what the storm will do in our lives. That's why you shouldn't hate the storm. The storm will actually reveal Jesus to you in a brand new way. He'll show up in a way that you never thought it was possible. That's what our God does. That's why we sing songs like Christ alone, cornerstone, weak, weak made strong, and to say Christ is enough for me. That's why we sing great songs like that. That's why we sing old hymnals, uh, you know, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. That's why we sing. Listen, that's why we sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Why? Because our God is bigger and greater than the storm that you're currently in. Well, if you're going to clap, clap for real. <laughs> Come on, it's... We don't need to pray against the storm. The, the, the storm we want to go away oftentimes is the season that we need the most from. And the second thing, yeah, that was just point one. <laughs> the second thing is you've got to put, th- uh, put first things first. This is to build a strong foundation. You've got to put first things first. See, the beginning with the end in mind is based on the principle that all things are created twice. There's a mental creation first or a vision and a physical creation second. So when you build a house, you have blueprints. Someone imagined those blueprints first and then the action occurred. See, people who build firm foundations understand that the things that they dislike to do are subordinated to the strength of their purpose. Can I say, I'm going to say it again. People who build a firm foundation understand that the things they dislike to do are subordinated to the strength of their purpose. That means that the vision outweighs the cost. That means the the investment in the foundation outweighs the dislikes of doing the things you don't want to do all the time. And what do I mean by that? It means that you have to invest into your foundation. It's not just enough to just build a foundation you have to invest into your foundation. When, when, I, was, when I was growing up, um, my grandfather liked to just build houses and cut down trees, and I was raised on a farm. 
fortunately. And, uh, and so on Saturday morning, I never got to sleep in. <laughs> right? I was, it was a super big blessing because I got to go outside and, like, cut down trees and run through thorn bushes. It was great. And uh, I remember one particular, one particular Saturday morning, he woke me up, and he goes, hey, come outside. We're going to build a barn. And I was like, what are you talking about? Crazy old man. <laughs> build a barn? I don't know how to build a barn. I'm 12. Like, <laughs> He's like, come on, we're going to go build a barn. Sweet, pop, let's go. And we go outside, and, and um, I, the concrete foundation was already poured. They already done all that stuff. And I remember as a 12-year-old, you know, it, again, we, we talked about being a kid earlier. Money's like no real big thing for a kid. However, when you, you start getting into like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, like as a kid, you're like, <gasps> you know, you're freaking out. And I asked my grandfather, I was like, you know, he started, well, first of all, he started explaining what, founda- what the foundation was and why it was important. And then, he, then, I, then I asked him, well, how much did this cost? And he goes, it costs a lot of money. It costs a lot of money. And he said it was something around thirty dollars or $40,000 to lay the entire foundation. And I was like, why did it cost that? I mean, you know, blows your mind as a little kid. And you're like, why? And I'll never forget the answer that he gave me. Never. My grandfather was a hero in my life. And I will never forget the answer that he gave me. He said, the reason that it took a lot of money to build the foundation was because we're going to build a really big barn. See, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Why is investing in your foundation so important? Because how deep your foundation goes is going to be how big you can build your house. However deep you decide to invest, listen, what you sow is what you're going to get out of it. And I believe that people walk around frustrated and irritated, mad at church, mad at Christians. And it's not because, it's not because, it's not because, I mean, maybe they've done something wrong. I don't know. I don't, I don't know the situation. But most of the time, it's because they haven't invested into the foundation of their lives. We want our families to be strong. If, you're, if, you, have, if you have a family in this room right now, listen to me. I've been married for 16 years. I've been with my, my, my wife for 20 I have two kids. I've been broke, and I've had a little bit of money. I've had great jobs, and I've had terrible jobs. I've seen people pass away, and I've seen life. I've seen churches amazing, and I've seen churches struggle. And it's not a matter of if the storm is going to come. It's a matter of when will the storm come. And will the foundation that you've laid and will the foundation that you've invested in, will it hold against the storm? Will it hold against the storm? How do I do that? How do I I invest into my health or my, my finances or my relationships? You have to know what God's Word says about you. That means that you've got to, you actually have to read it. Coming to church on a Sunday 
just one Sunday, it's like eating one meal for the entire week. That you're not gonna, you, it's not going, you're not going to be, it's not going to sustain. You have to know what God says about you. That you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're first, not last. You're you're victorious. You aren't victims. You fight from victory, not for victory. Why? Because Jesus did everything. Why? Because Jesus is the centrifugal focus of everything that we do. And when he becomes the centrifugal focus of all that we are, it means that we can function in everything that we were created to do. But he has to be the focus, but you have to know what he says about you. So you get in your word. Practicing honor is another big one. Honor everyone. Even the people that irritate you. (laughs) Honor them. You can choose honor. Because again, what you reap is what you'll sow. Right? You still with me? Probably the most, one of the most important is being planted in the house of God. Being planted in church. What is a sure way to invest in your foundation? Be here. Church is not an extracurricular activity. It's a necessity for your life. Not because, not because we want to fill a whole bunch of seats with a whole bunch of people. It's about relationships. It's about going to connect group during the week. Come on, it's about being on the dream team and seeing people's lives changed. It's about worshiping together as a, as a community and as a, as, a, as a church. It's about experiencing God in a very real way with people who love you. Because what you reap is what you sow. So I want to ask you, what does your foundation, what does your foundation look like? Because the truth is, is that your future depends on it. No matter what your, what your age, where you're at, your future depends on it. And the question, the question that I have to ask you is what does your foundation look like? What does your family's foundation look like? Come on, if you're, just ask this question. Who, who in here would say that I, I, need, I need to work on my foundation just a little bit? I need to work on it. Can, can I pray for you guys real quick? Let's just bow our heads and close our eyes real quick. Father, we, I love you and I thank you. I thank you, Father, that, that your word is true, that it's real, it's powerful, that it changes our lives. And Lord, I just pray right now for every individual in this room that raised their hand, even for the ones who did not raise their hands, Lord. I just pray that you would give them strength in the middle of the storm, that you would be their security in the middle of the circumstance that seems to overwhelm them. Father, that you would be the cornerstone of their family, of their lives, of their professional lives, of, their, of, of everything that they do, Father. I pray that, that you would set... Uh, that you would be the cornerstone and the foundation of all that they do. Jesus, be that in their lives. And I pray that you would give them strength when they're weak and joy when they're upset and that you'd be the peace when they need it. And just with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed still, if you're in this room and you're like, you know what, I've, I've never made, I've, I've never accepted Christ as my Savior I've, or I've never, I've, I've never given my life to, to God or I don't even know what this firm foundation looks like because I, I don't have one. I feel out of control right now. Let me tell you the beginning spot. The beginning spot is a relationship with Jesus. That's the first step. We're all about first steps here. Your first step 
if you're like, my foundation's shaky, I don't know what to do. The first thing you need to do, maybe, maybe you've accepted you know, Christ as your Savior before, or maybe you just need to do it again. That's okay. If you're in this room and you say, I, n- I need to make this decision, and I want to make, make Jesus the Lord of my life, just pray this prayer with me. You don't have to say it out loud. Just pray with me. Jesus, I love you, and I give you my life. I believe that you died and you rose again, and, and I accept you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for being my foundation. And I believe that you're everything that I need. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at theocmovement.com and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.